Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most artistic, athletic, tenacious, basically unique and interesting people in the world. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Welcome to season three. As we continue to seek out some of the most unforgettable humans, some of the most memorable stories, in the first two seasons, the show featured guests from over 60 different countries and will continue down that path because it is imperative that we cherish the differences. And we can only do that by getting out and journeying into unknown frontiers, whether it be physically or simply through conversation, sharing lovely experiences and saluting the tenacious and resilient guests. Ah, we have a fantastic episode for you today. Avid outdoorsman and author Stephen Thompson, better known as Area Zoner joins the show. For me, this was such an enjoyable conversation because I learned a ton. As I mentioned, he's an avid outdoorsman who prioritizes proper nutrition for hikers and endurance athletes. On today's episode, he describes how his journey into long-distance hiking really began where most people's journey ends, and that was after an ACL surgery. During the healing process, he wanted to make sure he was taking proper care of his body, and the changes that he made have augmented his outdoor explorations as he aims for peak fitness, and he wants to see how far he can go. For him, outdoors are a therapeutic endeavor, but his passion for long-distance hikes goes beyond a simple individual pursuit, as he's also the author of several guidebooks, including the Hot Springs Trail, the Coast Connect Trail, and the Idaho Soctennial Trail. He's a duly certified health counselor and nutrition coach, truly an amazing person to talk to, and I'm thrilled to have him as a guest on the show. So let's go ahead and bring on Outdoorsman long-distance hiker, marathoner, author, and certified health counselor and nutrition coach, Area Zoner. And let's learn. I want to start with the adventure catalog. First of all, what inspired the hiking that went into the adventure catalog? And then when did you decide to document these hikes and these adventures into the form of a book? Well, my hiking career has started where most people's ends. Mm. And that's uh, when I tore my ACL. And so I actually couldn't walk. <laughs> so I went through this whole ACL, MCL surgery on my knee. And it was this whole process. And, you know, when you're in a situation like that, so it's not necessarily the grand things or the exotic things that you miss. It's just a simple thing. So I just really missed hiking and, and dancing when I was, um, you know, I didn't miss snowboarding and rock climbing and those kind of things uh, when I was hurt and going through that process. So coming out of that knee surgery um, and while I was in it, I just got in this really therapeutic state of mind because I wanted to heal. I wanted to be able to rock climb again. I wanted to be able to snowboard again. And so I took it real seriously. And the hiking for me was really kind of like what you think of as like a retreat nowadays or a therapy or a protocol that people go through. So for myself, I was setting myself up for four months where really I didn't have to worry about where I was going to go. I was just going to follow this long distance trail, the Pacific Crest Trail. And then for those four months, every day I would just eat good food. I'd drink good water. You know, I'd rest, I'd do my stretches, I'd meditate and, and just live this real simple, real chill life. And I used it as part of my therapy to recover. And then after that, it just became a lifestyle for myself. And so um, I was able to use what I learned from 
from healing from that injury. And then I understood in the long run that really it's a lot like what goes through, you know, that's kind of a macro experience, but on the micro, what the long distance hiker goes through every day, the kind of trauma that they put on their body, it's like a little mini version of that. And so you got to heal. And the things I learned, I was able to take to other sports when I do snowboard and rock climb and, and uh, skateboard and different things. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was really just hiking was like a gateway for myself. I, I think a lot of people start or, or think about it as like an athletic endeavor, but for myself, it was really just like a therapeutic endeavor, like uh, right alongside a meditation or a, a retreat. So when was it that you decided, you know what, this would be, this'd be great if I put it all together in a book. Really just out there on the trail, just people kept saying that you should write a book, you should write a book. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's some, some of it's kind of cliche for myself because it's like it's happened so many times. But, you know, usually what happens is I'll be on these long distance trails, like maybe the Arizona Trail, which I hiked and the Colorado Trail. And I'll be out there with, with you know, you, you usually when, when you're on a long distance hike like this and you, and you meet other hikers, it, it's a. Uh, there's a thin veil. So you get to know people pretty quick and there's not a lot of people out there and you're, you're doing this amazing thing. So you just, sometimes even if you don't speak language, same language as somebody, there's a lot of foreigners who do these things. Um, you still want to share that moment. And so when you're at the lookout or you're at the campground or whatever, you wind up linking, but linking up with all these people. And then almost always it's like, they have the typical things that you think of when you think of backpack and food, they have like the beef jerky and the, the pot tarts and the, the ramen noodles and that, and then I come in and then I've got like avocados and broccoli and strawberries. And they're like, what the heck? It's like, it's like, yeah, I carried it in, you know, and it's like, I took care of it, wrap, wrap things up in my down jacket, you know, keep them out of the sun, keep the produce good. And uh, so I'm eating, eating really good out there. And the funny thing is though, is that when you do the research and you look at um, foods that cause inflammation, yeah. it's a lot of the ingredients that are in the pop tarts in the Snickers and those type of foods. And so these people, um, you know, no offense to anybody, but it's like that, that type of, uh, of food strategy, you're eating a lot of inflammatory foods. Mm -hmm. And so I end up with inflammation, but, but the problem is really, is that a lot of, uh, um, a lot of, a lot of people think that when you're doing this long distance trail, that like you're supposed to feel inflamed because you're doing, you know, you're doing this hike. And so you don't associate the inflammation with the food. You, you associate the inflammation with the distance and the mm -hmm. hike. And, uh, and it's almost becomes like a bravado thing. It's like the worse you feel, the more epic you think the adventure is. And, and it's really just not true. Uh, it could just be, you could just be super malnutrition and a lot of inflammation and a, a toxic burden. A lot of things could be going on and it, it, it's not necessarily your, your true potential or, or, um, a guaranteed result of the trail if somebody else is going to go hike it. So these people usually go home with the horror stories and it really gives hiking a bad name. And so you know, usually when I'm out there, you know, and then they see the broccoli, they see the avocados and, you know, I'll pass them on a hill and then I'm at the break, they show up, you know, and I got carrots and uh, figs and cashews, these really simple foods and you can't deny that. And so it's kind of like, I've seen a lot of people's heads just blow up, you know, because they're like, obviously they see it's possible. I mean, they just, they just seen it, they just witnessed it. But when you hear about it from afar, you think that it's not possible. You think there's no way you could, you could, you can't climb a 14,000 foot peak on broccoli and avocados, it's, <laughs> but I'm telling you, I do it all the time. So the, the book thing just really came into just documenting, documenting the feats that I do for fun. Um, and, and the results that I get on these simple foods 
um, are basically what equates to what would be like an extreme elite type athlete when you're talking about the other foods because the the benefit of the good foods like the the beets and the yams and the corn and the squash and the beans and the real whole foods when you're eating that way is a lot of those foods are anti-inflammatory and so when you're eating those foods versus the other not only are you not getting the inflammatory foods because you're not eating the pop tarts you're getting all these anti-inflammatory foods and so the difference between the two is night and day mm. and and uh yeah so it's 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 really a trip so i wrote those books to document that to be able to kind of share it in a way because i felt like i was having the same conversation over and over and mm -hmm. so it's just kind of a way to document that conversation and um and i've gotten a lot of good testimonials from people who have uh used it to increase their distance that they're able to hike uh, also increase what they've been able to do as far as how much elevation and you know the the weather maybe do some alpine stuff but also one of the craziest testimonials i got was a guy who quit smoking when he finally associated it with his food because he said once he ate the food then he really felt the difference and then the cigarettes he was like felt like that was the last thing holding him back and then he actually became kind of more of an elite runner you know people start running marathons people start doing these crazy things and i think that that comes from the health and so when you're in this state of inflammation from the diet and you don't realize it because you're living, you know, you're, you're putting that effort out. It takes energy. So you're eating the calories, you're doing the work, you, you feel worked, but that's not necessarily your true potential. It's just the potential of the fuel, potential of the style. And so you come in, you upgrade the fuel and really it's just like fuel. You have some clean burning fuel or some, some, you know, not clean burning fuel. The clean burning fuel is more efficient. It, a lot of times it burns hotter and it burns longer. And so you just, you're carrying the same amount of weight, you know, like for backpackers, they usually carry two pounds or so of food a day. And so it might be the same two pounds of food, but that two pounds of broccoli is going to go a lot further than two pounds of Fruit Loops. You know, the Fruit Loops is going to give you a, a quick energy burst, but then you're going to crash. Where the broccoli, you're not going to really maybe feel much, but you'll, it's because you're satiated. And then you can just hike for, you know, you can just go. And so it, it's a different type of energy and, and it, it all has calories. It's just different, different amounts and just the way that they burn and just, and then also just the nutrients, because um, what I get a lot of is people ask me, they just say, how can you, uh, how can you eat? You know, how can you not have all these calories and hike? And I'm, and I basically flip it around and say, well, how can you not have all, all the nutrients and still hike? Mm -hmm. And what I see from, from healing from my injury was that, the effects of nutrition on your ability to heal is, is just ginormous. And so by not giving yourself the inflammation in the first place, and then by eating things that help with the anti-inflammatory, it, it just becomes this exponential factor where you can heal quickly because the body's not hindered. And so what used to be a big day, now you can do relatively easily. And so that's usually the result of people who transition from hiking on the pop tarts and the and the and the uh, you know Snickers bars, because that's usually a lot of ibuprofen. And what is ibuprofen? It's an anti-inflammatory. And so you, that's what I mean. And so it's just like, and it's so common in the long distance hiking world that they call it vitamin I. You know, they think it's a nutrient, vitamin I, vitamin ibuprofen. It's like, that's how essential it, it is because it is, if you're, if you're hiking these long distances on the pop tarts and the, uh, the Snickers and that kind of diet, the gummy worms for calories, you know, you're not getting any nutrients or any inflammatory, anti-inflammatory type foods, then 
yeah, it's just crazy. And so, but, but my whole thing is that it just gets blamed on the trail and it's like, Oh, the trail, the hiking, blah, but it's just like, really it's the diet. And so, and it's cool to see people excel. It's cool to see people go from struggling at something to excelling at something and swapping up the nutrition, upgrading the nutrition, uh, when you're long distance hiking is one of those things. And suddenly that lake, you know, that summit that was real far in the distance that used to take all weekend to get to now you can get there in the, in a day hike because you can just move with grace and ease and move more efficiently. And so that's what it's really all about. It, it, it by default increases your potential. And not only does it, it increase your potential, you feel better at those levels of full potential at, at the end of the day, at, at the end of a big day, you're not as inflamed because you, you know, you, the, the, the combination of the, the anti-inflammatory and the inflammatory. I think it's all valuable information. I love your point actually on bravado about how often like we feel like you do a long journey and it's like you want to be worn out in a lot of ways because it, it almost validates the experience that that was hard enough and that you accomplished something. And, and I think that's a fantastic point that you brought up. And I got to say, I'm guilty of it as well because upon finishing my first 12,000 feet, it was Pop-Tart Central. Got to say, I'm guilty as well. And it's very fascinating information. And you're not only an advocate for this for trail hiking, you've also excelled when it comes to a marathon. And it was another thing that you started when a lot of people are finishing. So in 2020, you ran your first marathon despite not being a distance runner at that time. What was it that motivated you to run? And how did that experience enhance or alter your life? Well, it definitely ties into that healing because when you're bouncing back from the healing and a little bit of the bravado, you, you start to just want to see how far you can go. And uh, there are there are different aspects to the hike, and of course, I do like to hike for the therapeutic, for the to be out there and to stimulate my um, um, my uh, you know my digestion so that I can get hungry, get some good food in, and then I also just like to be out there in the fresh air and the, the nice view. But it is a great opportunity to challenge yourself to see not only what you're capable of on the the normal parameters, which is like the distance and the elevation, but also on the environmental to just like go to crazy environments, uh, you know, the Alpine or the desert or the rainforest and, and see if you can excel. And what I've also found with the nutrition is that it can help you do that too. And really you just look a lot of at the native cultures. And so, you know, for example, like I was saying earlier with the, with like a desert food is like, you know, those, those people who are living in the desert, they're eating the squash and the beans and the corn and you look up foods that help you stay stay hydrated and that help you excel in the desert climates against the sun, it's those kind of foods. And so it's putting two and two together. And then, you know, you can do the same thing with the alpine and the pine nuts and, you know, the rainforest and the mushrooms and the foods that come from these climates. And so I think that that's a cool part of like a little food discovery is to kind of you know, at least have some aspect of the food that I'm eating. It doesn't have to be everything, but just, you know, focus on those foods when I'm in those environments, I think can also help excel uh, the, the hiking. And it's just, it, and it's just because those nutrients and stuff that are in there in those type of foods are built for those environments. And really like on a nutritional kind of like 10,000 foot level is like a lot of times you look into the nutrients and they're really the plants defense mechanisms too. And so they're a defense mechanism for us. They have the anti-cancer, they have the antioxidant, they have the anti-inflammatory, but they also use those compounds to protect themselves from the environment so that they can survive and so that they can be healthy as a plant, as a fruit. And so when you eat those, you take those on. 
And so they come from the environment. And so that, that's why I, I like to eat those type of foods when I go to the, to those environments. And uh, a lot of, I just don't, don't really meet a lot of people who do that. And so, um, but it, that just overall combined with uh, like what I was saying earlier, you know, that's how you can go a little deeper into, into the food. Obviously, nutrition is important for you, and, and you've mentioned that it's atypical compared to what we're typically taught. So it's atypical mindset you have regarding food. And two of your philosophies that you approach that intrigued me the most, eating a tree day and then eating a rainbow day. So will you talk about the two of those? Yeah, it's uh, something that I came up with when I was out there hiking. And, you know, every time you come to a break spot, you usually break out your food. And so you can imagine if you're eating something like a Pop-Tart and a Snicker, maybe a cliff bar, that's your, that's your buffet where I usually pull out like 10 or 15 bags. So I've got the figs and the almond butter and the pumpkin seeds and the cranberries and the dried bananas. And it's just like this whole buffet. And so, um, I, I was always looking at my food and it, it just kind of went down those avenues where I was like, Oh yeah, I got some roots. I got some nuts. I got some leaves. I got some seeds. I got some berries. And then I just started putting it together and I was like, wow, like every aspect of the plant. And these were all foods that I had selected from researching foods that really help you heal from injury. You know, it could be an injury like an ACL or just a micro injury, like a, a 10 mile hike or a 20 mile run. And so these foods were selected and then I'm looking at them and I'm just like, wow. And then, then you do the research. And then I started was like, well, how many edible edible berries are there? How many edible leaves are there? Or, you know, how, how many edible barks are there? And I just went that, went down that avenue. And I, I invite you to go down that avenue too, because that's really where the magic is. And then I just started discovering all these foods and trying things, some things I didn't like, but I just found so many new foods that I, I liked and just really started understanding. And then that was where the environment thing started coming out. Cause then I started seeing patterns of things coming from the rainforest or from the, the desert or from the Alpine you know, even the coast. And so, uh, that, that's where I recognize that from. And so the, the tree a day is really just like a way to, to discover new foods to always like make sure that I'm getting a good variety. Cause you know, the food fatigue is one of the big things that happens with, uh, with hikers. And so the, the, the tree a day just really is like, man, there's so many different kinds of foods. It's almost like it's impossible to get fatigued because there's, you know, as long as they're available at the store, of course, so you got to pick the right store. We got to support these stores when they do have good foods. Um, and so, yeah. So then I was just thinking like, that's almost like the multivitamin because you know, like the leaves have a lot of chlorophyll and then the, the roots might have a lot of other uh, uh, different compounds like the carrots will have the beta carotene, the beets will have the betalane. So, so, you know, the apples will have the, and the oranges, you know, will have the vitamin C Dif different things are spread out. And so when you're eating, the roots and nuts, leaves, seeds, berries, the bark, which is like a cinnamon, you know, you're getting, you're getting a wide variety of nutri nutrition. And so that it's kind of like making sure that you're getting, getting the multivitamin, making sure that you're getting all aspects of the nutrition. And then also within that uh, is the rainbow day, because that's another way to discover new foods, because I, I just noticed that I was eating a lot of orange foods, almost like all orange foods. And so, um, and when I started thinking about that and I had no purple food in my diet and then I just like started discovering all these new foods, same thing, just like the purple cabbage and uh, a lot of foods that, that I eat every day now, just because I genuinely like them, not because I was told so because of some diet, just because I was like, wow, yeah, that's, that's awesome right there. And so, um, 
it's just a way to discover new foods. And then in that way, I think it's universal because everybody can have their own tree, their own rainbow, and it can be based on what you like, but by, but by getting the different colors and making sure you're getting the different aspects of the plant, then you make sure that you're not missing something. Uh, because like, I think that I was missing some things. And so that allowed me to get more in. I felt the difference. I felt more fortified and really at the end of the day, and that's what it's about. It's not about, you know, eating calories and having energy. It's about, it's about being able to heal and being fortified and, and, and not just, uh, healing from the activity that you're doing, but, but the fortification is like from say altitude, when you go to altitude, you know, a lot of foods like maca highest, uh, altitude crop food crop in the world that, uh, is good for altitude <laughs> grows in altitude. <laughs> so it's just like these doctrine or signatures you look for, but, it, and then you, you know, it, it helps you understand the science behind it too, like why these foods are good or are known to be good for what they what they are good for then you're like oh yeah that makes sense why why it's good for that and so um uh yeah it's it's just a trip so the the rainbow a day and the tree a day is is almost like a philosophy you know it's not necessarily a diet it can be different for everyone and it just really helps you explore food but it can also be a food filter because if you want to keep your diet pure if you don't want to be eating all these synthetic ingredients and all these crazy ingredients then um you can you can survive just eating roots and nuts and leaves and seeds and berries and whole foods, real foods. And then also that does include the world of meat and eggs and honey and animal products and breads and cheeses. It can all be done right. A lot of it is just the preservatives and the manufacturing agents, things that are used to increase the profit or to make it easier to run through the machines for mass production you know, food at its core is all, is definitely good for you. Um, and so the tree a day and the rainbow day is just, is just another way, another easy way to just make sure that you're limiting, limiting the, the amount of synthetics. And it's not about a hundred percent of, you know, this or that. It just, it's just about making sure that it mostly is good, you know, just like have like a, a mostly good diet. Maybe, you know, like the example I like to say is like, if you're at, at a wedding and there's wedding cake and everybody's eating wedding cake. It's like, don't be that guy. That's just like, Oh, wedding cake, Nazi. It's like, just eat a piece of wedding cake. Like who cares? You know, it's like 99% of your diet is good. You're going to be good. But if the wedding cake is like your dinner every night and then you're going to take some leftovers and that's going to be dinner tomorrow night, breakfast tomorrow morning, like that's a problem. And so, you know, it, it can all be done right. Um, it's all about balance. It's all about yeah. balance. I think that's a great way to summarize what you just said. And just, Terrifically interesting information and makes me think of just like the earliest humans were foragers. So they were eating a tree a day, essentially. Sure, they were strong. I'm sure they were really yeah. capable. Yeah, very much so. As you look back on your hikes, I know that one thing you're trying to do, you're trying to create that next amazing American hike. And so I'm curious thus far, when you look back on the hikes you've completed or the ones you've been a part of, which ones do you have the strongest emotional connection with? Oh, man, it's... uh. Yeah, there's a lot of them out there. I mean, it, there was this trail called the Hey Duke Trail, and not a lot of people know about it. It, it does have a guidebook, but the reason that I think a lot of people don't know about it is because it's really wild. Uh, it's You basically are following the Colorado River on foot from Moab to the Grand Canyon. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> super, super advanced, right? And the guys who, who came up with it and who authored the book, they, they – uh, 
took weeks and months to to do this journey. Oh, it was like multiple trips, and it was a real, real excursion expedition type of thing. And so uh, they published this book, and I came into it as one of the first people to to try to do the journey. There there had been a couple of people before me who did the journey, uh, but I was within the first handful, within the first single digit people. And so, and I met the author, and uh, it, it was crazy. And so I did this journey out there, and. Um, I'm following this guy's guidebook. And at this point I had done the PCT. And so the PCT is this really um, professional guidebook that you get, you know, from you see in the library and you get it at the bookstore, Barnes and Noble. And it's a real professional book, but the, the Hey Duke trail book is more like a gorilla zine from like the college, <laughs> something that, you know, got a low, low publication. And so anyways, uh, not a lot of people know about it. But um, so I'm looking at this guide, but I'm way out there, man. I had like spent a couple of weeks getting ready for this journey. I buried a bunch of food and water so that as I'm going along, I'd be able to survive. And I just had this realization. I'm way out here just following basically these two guys' idea, their advice. You know, they kind of issued a little challenge. You know, you could go here. And then I bought the book. I liked the title. It kind of resonated with me. And so the next thing you know, I'm out there. And it was, it just really understood the power of that, you know, understanding that the power of publishing is really like you can alter people's lives, you know, for, for good or for bad. I mean, you could put somebody in a crazy situation or you could put them in the best situation that they've ever been in. And so I, I really understood the power of, of, of a trail and, and, and what it can really do, not only for people, but for the landscape. And just for for personal challenge, but it also provides that opportunity to have the the therapy because part of that is not worrying about where you're going to go. And, and of course, you you know when you're hiking a long distance trail, on the micro level, you do have to worry about where you're going to go. You you need to stay on track. But on the macro level, you don't have to. You're not always hitting the trailhead every two days and then, okay, what am I going to do now? Or coming back home every, you know, every other day or four days, five days, and then, okay, what am I going to do now? It's just four months where as long as you follow the trail, you don't have to worry about where you're going to go. Just keep moving forward. And and that really put put me in that mental state where the waters could, could calm down. Yeah. Because the anxiety of always wondering where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do really was fogging up, fogging up the creativity. And so by being out there and just still in the waters and having the nutrition be really good, it was just like something opened up and it was just like this portal uh, of the creativity. And then that, and then, and then I just feel like I had a few epiphanies that really just like, um, that just opened up from, from before that point, my life was like, like less than epic, I would say. <laughs> and then after that point, it just like was like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Like this is epic. Like we're gonna. It was like learning how to surf, almost. You could say like it was like I was struggling, trying to figure it out. You know, I graduated high school. I moved out on my own. I was like, I had some jobs, but it was just like I couldn't. I couldn't like figure it out. And then at that, on that trip, and and in those moments of clarity, where my nutrition was good. My water was good. My food was good. I didn't have a care in the world. I just, you know, it's almost like what they say about those float tanks. You know, when you're in those float tanks, the deprivation tanks, there's like no sensitivity. It was almost like that. Even though I was out there in the middle of the desert, 
it was like I was so good that that all that was left was for my mind to be creative. And and so it just happened on like such a an intense level. So yeah, I had a couple of ideas right there where I was just like looking at their guidebook and I had already done the PCT and I was like, you know, I just came out with a new respect because I, I didn't understand. I had such an amazing time on the PCT. The PCT allowed me to heal and now I can skateboard again. I can snowboard again, rock climb, do whatever I want. And that's because I took the time to heal from the injury. And so, um, but I never understood that the PCT was basically like creation of a person or people or like this idea. I just, it, I just took it like this inanimate object, just, you know, it's kind of like a highway, but you don't see the highway workers, mm. you know, put in the work behind it necessarily. You know, you just kind of take it for granted. Yeah. And so I saw the PCT and I was using it like a road. And then I was like, oh, dang, there's road workers and like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Engineering and stuff behind this. And so I just realized all that and I was like, oh man. So I gained, I gained a huge appreciation for that whole aspect of trail creation and, and also the power of publishing and, and, you know, how you can positively affect somebody's life. Very cool. Very cool. I especially love hearing about the transformation of before and after. You're a different person before and after. I think that's just a legendary statement. I love your philosophy on hiking and fitness and nutrition. Your goal is to live an optimal life. And I think it's fantastic and really, truly admire what you're doing. What do you feel is the biggest lesson that you have learned from the last year? Because I know it's been a year unlike no other for us and very challenging. I'm sure there were times where you were out hiking where just a whirlwind of thoughts and emotions you were feeling. So what do you feel is the biggest lesson you learned from the last year? I would say as, as I've been learning how to, to uh, you know, make trails, you know, something that goes from these, uh, these, uh, these physical things on the ground to a tangible idea that can be published and used to, to create interest in trail work and in trail maintenance. Um, I've learned that national, national trails, national level type trails like the PCT, they don't, they don't build themselves. They don't create themselves. Uh, no, unless people show up to do the job. And even before that, unless someone has the idea to come up with it originally, it, it'll never happen. And so, you know, step one is having the idea for a national scenic trail or for a national recreation trail. And so when I was out on the, the Hey Duke, I feel like that was what I had. The Hot Springs Trail, which is my trail, honors Hot Springs. It's a, it's a, cultural, it's a cultural thing as well as a, a geological thing. You know, there's a, a certain culture of Hot Spring people and, and, and it's encompassing. It's, it's all types of people. That's what I love about it. And uh, all types of people love hot springs. You got the luxury resort and you got the mud bath and the hot springs trail is a, is a discovery of hot springs. It goes to almost every type of hot spring, like I'm saying the mud bath all the way to the luxury resort. Uh, but there was really nothing out there honoring hot springs, nothing out there showcasing hot springs, nothing, nothing traveling through a concentrated route to hot springs. And so as I did that for myself, just because I'm really a hot spring fanatic, and I, di I didn't find that in any other trail. I was looking for that, but I couldn't find it. And so I feel like I had the idea to create it for myself. And then I didn't want to keep it to myself after I, I did it because I understood that this was a good, you know, publishing this would be good to, to inspire people, take action, 
you know, become ambassadors of hot springs, but also even if you never touch the trail to just be inspired to just discover hot springs wherever they're at. And also just to be, be inspired to just discover whatever it is you're into, you know, and just make your version of something because sometimes what you're looking for isn't out there. And so you're going to have to create it yourself. And you might be out looking at all these other people, other people's ideas and looking for what you're looking for, but you're not going to find it. And so sometimes, you know, I mean, you just got to create it yourself. And so I feel like that was what I was doing was I was running around on all these other trails looking for what, what basically boils down to the ultimate itinerary. I was looking for the ultimate itinerary, but I just couldn't find it. There was always, so yeah, anyways, I created it myself. And then, um, the hot springs trail, I understood because of the theme of it, because of the concentration of it and, and just the lack of, of, of honor that we have for hot springs in this country as a whole, um, national trail. So, so that learning, learning that, that one man does have their woman or whoever, you do have the ability to create something that can be a, a legacy. And it might not, it might not be for 30 years or 60 years, but another thing about the PCT is the person who created the PCT is not the person who did anything that has to do with the PCT today. They, they didn't put the signs out. They didn't have the shovel building the trail. They didn't do make the maps, all this. So they had the idea. And then other people picked up the baton and other people helped with the, with the work, you know, they got inspired and it was a team effort. And so just because I've, you know, I've created a national scenic trail proposal doesn't mean that the trail's done and built and that we're here and it's ready to go. It just means that it's an idea and that if people are into it and they want to, you know, it could be the next PCT, but the next PCT is not going to build itself. And so it does really take somebody to have that idea. And I, I think the hot springs trail is worth that. And um, yeah, so that, that's been, been good, but also just realizing that that peak fitness cannot be achieved without pushing yourself. And so hiking is a great way to push yourself because you can do a longer day than you've ever done. You can do maybe a bigger day than you've ever done as far as elevation. Maybe you can go to a new landscape, do a desert hike or do an ocean hike. And so the only way you're going to find out what you're capable of is by putting yourself in, in these, in these situations, you know, that, that are a little bit extreme, so to speak, uh, maybe bordering your comfort zone. And, and I feel like that that's just a great way to, to, uh, to develop yourself as a hiker because things that at what at first may seem inapproachable or impossible, once you actually get there and you do it, you figure it out, it becomes kind of normalized. And then you're like, Oh yeah, no, I can do this. I can climb, climb a mountain. You know, I can do a 10 mile day. I, I can do a 5,000 foot climb. And then it starts to get bigger and bigger. Well, maybe I could do a 10,000 foot climb, you know, well, maybe I could do, you know, maybe I could run a marathon. And so for me, it's just been this kind of a nonstop quest since, since recovering from my knee surgery of, of, um, see how far I can go, how big I can go and how comfortable and how well I can feel in the process. Cause that's super important for me. So I never slack on that. Well, it's fantastic. You are both literally and figuratively blazing trails. I, I absolutely love it and respect it so much. What's next? What are some of the upcoming projects plans that we should be on the lookout for? Um, well, right now, uh, speaking of biggest days, my biggest day elevation wise is, uh, 19,495 feet up and down. And that was this run that I did across, uh, Hell's Canyon, which is the deepest river gorge in North America. Mm. And, um, I did this out and back across and I didn't do it for the elevation, but I did it for the, uh, basically the, 
the adventure of the canyon itself and then whatever the number was it was but since then i've thought man i want to hit twenty thousand feet in a day so i'm on a mission right now to um go hike twenty thousand feet of elevation gain and loss in a day and uh, the other day i did a training run i did fifteen thousand feet of elevation gain and loss in 15 hours 12 minutes i started to fall behind i was going to do 20 thousand feet in 20 hours and uh once i started falling behind at, at 15 hours and 12 minutes i was like i'm gonna just call it good right here like a training it's basically like lifting weights you know you don't want to just like if you're trying to bench 300 pounds you don't want to just throw 300 pounds on the bar and just you want to you maybe make sure you can do 100 and then 150 and then 200 get comfortable with it you know make sure you can do like 10 reps at 250 and then you build it up and so I didn't look at it like a loss. I just looked at it like, you know, I know that I can do 15 and 15. I want to do 20 and 20. And so, um, yeah, that's a, that's a big goal for me, but it's not going to be on a wild trail. It's going to be kind of on a backyard trail, just lap, laps on the backyard trail, optimal, optimal situation. So that's a big one for me, human potential. And that's the thing about hiking is you can do a wild hike like a Hell's Canyon or you can just do a backyard trail lap and still do something epic, still set a personal best, still do something that maybe, you know, you or somebody in your family has never done. And, and that's the beauty about hiking, but the, the, the connection, the connecting element it is the nutrition. You know, you'll never reach that personal best if you're always like in a state of inflammation, the inflammation is like riding with the e-brake on. It's just like things get hot, things are burning. And that's why you take the ibuprofen. But just because you shut that off doesn't mean it goes away. It doesn't mean that suddenly you're healed and that you're back to optimal condition. It's like the inflammation is still in there. You know, it's just like certain sensors are shut off. And so I don't, I don't think it's a good way to go as far as strategy, especially for long distance hiking. So like a trail like the Hot Springs Trail, which is 2,400 miles, it's almost as big as the Pacific Crest Trail. You're going to be out there for weeks or months at a time. You want to hike something like that. And so you really want to take care of yourself. And uh, yeah, man, sky's the limit. I'm telling you, though. Sky is the limit. And I, and I have no doubt that you will, you will reach that. How can people stay up to date? And how can they follow along your journey? Um, well, follow me on Instagram. That's uh, Aria Zoner, A-R-I-A-Z-O-N-E-R. -E That's my trail name. <laughs> That's not my, my parents aren't like that hippie. But uh, yeah, my name is Steve Thompson, but there's just like millions of us. So there's only one area zoner though. But yeah, I'm just out here hiking, just eating good. I'm not really trying to be an elite athlete, but I am trying to, trying to push my personal best and see what I'm capable of, you know? And so I find that even when I'm not pushing myself, I'm hanging with people who are pushing themselves, but they're on that Pop-Tart diet. And so then when I, once they, once they flip over to the more of the avocado type diet, and I'm not trying to diss anybody, it's just a matter of fact, it's like, then, then the 20 mile day becomes the 30 mile day. And so, um, yeah, the company type kind of changes and your aspirations change and you're not necessarily trying to be an elite hiker. You're just able to hike because your body is in, in a, in a state where it's able to do that because it's able to heal from the activity and it's not burdened from the style of trying to fuel the activity. And so it's a double, it's a double effect. It's a compound exponential effect. 
And that's what really makes the difference. And it's not going to happen in just one meal. It takes months, you know, weeks and months, and it, it's a whole lifestyle. And so it wasn't something that I realized overnight, but, but, you know, but rainbow a day and tree a day and, you know, eating more whole foods and thinking about it like fuel and you want to burn that clean fuel and just understanding that the things that burn after the calories, what's left is the pesticides and the synthetic preservatives and all the things that cause the inflammation. And so that's what's getting stuck in the joints, getting left over and, and causing them a lot of the pain, a lot of the discomfort. So you just got to remember that. And when you're burning clean fuel, even though it doesn't have as many calories, it burns clean. And there's, uh, and, and so that, that like, I mean, it's, it's hard to describe, but it's basically like walking, you know, and it being a struggle or walking and, and it being just you being able to move with grace and ease. It, it, it's uh yeah it, it's a trip <laughs> it's a trip i think that's the best way to summarize everything this has been fantastic i've learned i've learned a ton i've learned so much no that's awesome i appreciate the opportunity yeah because i i think it'll help a lot of people you know it's like it's going to be one of those things that takes takes time for it to catch on because it's not sexy you know just to eat vegetables and stuff but <laughs> freaking feels good though. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm excited to see what you do next and I'm going to be following along from here in Arizona and I hope to hope to cross paths with you one day on the trail. Yeah, man. Awesome. Yeah. Appreciate it. Perfect, man. Well, I hope to chat again, but thank you so much for today. All right. Thank you. Thanks, man. All right. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Much appreciation to area. Such great information. Really appreciate it. For more information, and to check out some of his guidebooks, visit areazoner.com. And be sure to give him a follow on Instagram as well. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. <laughs>